This episode of A Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Shaving and Audible.com. You are listening to The Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way. Well, I still got time to save my reputation. Time to go day drinking. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and the Renaissance man. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder, and joining me from the Great White North is Johnny Boy. Hi, everybody. And with me here in person is Donovan Fowler. How you doing? In person, Donovan Fowler. I'm good. Um, I'm real swell. Swell. We're doing a little something (laughs) different this episode. I don't know if you can hear, but we are outside. Uh, we're about to grill some burgers because uh, oh, yeah. it's Fourth of July weekend. Oh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, happy Fourth of July! And actually, it's also Canada Day this weekend, um, which we'll get into that in a second. But let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, do some housekeeping here. All right, um, what are you drinking there, Donovan? I'm drinking a brew or die. Uh, Blood Orange IPA from Twenty right. First Century Amendment, or no, not Twenty uh, First Amendment Brewery. All right, That's and uh, I don't know. I've heard good things about it. Uh, I thought, why not go patriotic? All right, that sounds good. I'll join you in that. Let's crack them open right Let's now. Say. I like that it's got Mount Rushmore on the on the on the cover. Yeah, you got. I'm Abe sticking with my uh, and, my tested and try, tried tested and true Stella Artois. Mm. The Belgians do it well. There you go. Ron, for the July or Canada Day, you're doing it Belgian style. <laughs> That's right. Mm. And I am smoking my Country Gentleman by Missouri Meerschaum. And in it, I've got some, uh, what do you call it? It's called a seersucker from Country Squire. Could also be the called The Country a, Squire. Could also be called a uh, Country Gentleman Scofflaw. There you go. Country Gentleman Scofflaw. It's a little windy Cause today. Because the... Uh, <laughs> Because the fire warning is very high today. Is it? Okay. I don't know. I just know that it was very high the other day. Right. And later on, coming on the show, we've got John Lovell of Warrior Poet Society. Because yeah. um, it's 4th of July, and we're going to learn about guns and freedom. Right? Guns and freedom. Um, the, two, the two are often intertwined, believe what a, it or not. Uh, what, what, are you, what do you got planned, John? Do you have any in plan for Canada Day? It's July uh, not, 1st, not Canada. Really. Watch The uh, Patriot, you, you, starring Mel Gibson. <laughs> I, I wish. No, um, personally, I think we're we're having dinner at a friend's house, followed by uh, early to bed, because I'm old. I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, but typically in Canada, the way we celebrate is with Krispy Kreme donuts, Domino's pizza, and lots of Led Zeppelin. Mm. That Led actually Zeppelin. sounds so, uh, kind of cool. All things not at all Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I remember like being back, we used to go to the those uh, the, the Canada Day there in Greenfield Park, which was like a, it was like a big football field, um, which was rare because Canada is not really that big in a football, so that was kind of also funny that it was on a football <laughs> field. But yeah. um, it just seemed very much to me, um, that it was like, oh, Americans got the 4th of July, we're going to do our own thing. And they tried to do, they tried to do something similar, but it never completely worked. 
That's right. We, we, we tried, you know, we, we failed, but at least we tried. Yeah. To be fair, we did, I think during the Revolutionary War, we did try to invade Canada and it didn't go super well for us, but no. I think that may have been due to the Indians and the weather. Yeah, probably. Well, you, you tried, you know, you, you failed, but at least you tried. <laughs> That's Canada's motto. Well, um, I remember on Canada Day, we're, we're talking a lot about Canada Day here on 4th of July, but on Canada Day, uh, there'd be that concert at the park and every single song they were playing was like modern American pop music. <laughs> yeah, so at the, no rush to be Which found. is weird because there's so many Canadian artists that I are know. like in vogue right now. Like, uh, well, now, yeah, this was like 10... 15 years ago. Well, I mean, Al Alan Thick. You guys had Alan Thick until he died recently. That's true. And uh, Biebs the Bieber. When I was doing pains. I mean, when Bieber was around at that time, right? Not really, no. Bieber no, was after no, I moved to the no. States. We're, we're old men now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like they, they'd be playing like uh, Black Eyed Peas, <laughs> which <laughs> which is just... Uh, it's. I feel like the Black Eyed Peas are like the new Nickelback. They're like... <laughs> They're like the band of choice to crap on these days. They are. Well, yeah, yeah. Now, will I, well, yeah, will I am. Do you, do you, uh, do you guys listen to any uh, modern uh, artists, John? I know you're an old fogey well, at heart, but well, here, here's my take on it. Okay, go back to the '40s. There was this lovely little tune called "Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree with Anyone Else <laughs> yeah. But Me." Okay, and it goes like this: Don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me till I come marching home. So it's about the guys that are off at war, you know, dealing with bullets and POW camps and Nazi bastards, and you know, they're just wanting, you know, their lady to be faithful and wait for me, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Compare that to, you know, the 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 hit song by Ludacris. Move, bitch, get out the way. <laughs> <laughs> or the new the new version by. Uh uh, what's his name? Kendrick Lamar. Uh, sit down, bitch. Be humble. <laughs> I don't know. Sit down, bitch. I don't humble. know any of these songs. We've come a long way. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny. I, yeah, I, I, I realize how out of touch I am with, with popular music when... You just gotta listen to the radio. Honestly, yeah. like, that's, that's how I'm always keeping up, is, is that you'll, you'll pick up songs, like, months before they become a hit, or you'll, you'll pick up a song that's, like, you know, already been on the radar. Well, I listen to a lot of Spotify where like they'll do like uh, playlists. And so that's like the modern music I get. Like I'll be like, oh, I like yeah, yeah. folk music. I'll put on a folk playlist and it'll have like old stuff that I like and then yeah. new stuff mixed in there. Battle Hymn of the Republic. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's really how I listen to my music these days. If I'm in the car, I can't stand to listen to uh, uh, L.A. pop radio because it's so bad. So I, uh -huh. the lesser of two evils for me is country radio because every now and then there's some old stuff no, that I like see, on there. you're missing out on the alternative rock stations. Like alternative rock oftentimes like what, has Jack some good FM? stuff. Yeah, Jack. Well, Jack FM has, has <laughs> like, well, that's that's like, that's actually. We're like, so edgy. That, we're so weird. Isn't that oldies? <laughs> No, I think, Jack it's, FM like I think oldies? Jack FM is like the guy that the guy that comes on that always has some sort of sarcastic right, thing that right, he right. says, and those are all the bumps. Um, they do have a good variety. I think that they they're probably have, yeah. the best one yeah, of the radio stations around here. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to like. I think the problem is that the greatest export of Los Angeles is pop culture. Yeah, so you're only yeah. going to get the well, poppiest. And America itself, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, so you're only going to get kind of like mainline, uh, I don't I hate to sound like, oh, it's so mainstream, but like whatever 
is like the popular thing of the day and they're going to ram it to death whether it's television oh, yeah. or well, well, like, movies or even, music uh, you know you know the one artist that i can't stand and it's like i don't necessarily have anything against them personally just everybody seems to love his music and i can't i don't ed sheeran with that whole like oh yeah he's, the he's one, a lot of people's wedding songs i think i'm sure he is wedding songs are always like i i always i'd love to do like a documentary like doing like like covering six weddings and like just the wedding songs and then and then interviewing the people like like 10 years down the road and being like what do you think of this song now like what do you think of uh john legends uh all of you and now i'm sure they'd be fine what's your what was your wedding song john yes uh uh, uh wait i like the way you move <laughs> <laughs> hey uh by hey, outcast <laughs> what was yours mine was why wouldn't you tell me what was it you, you first you first because i beat you already uh, mine was uh was uh i melt with you but by but it was a covered a slower covered version of by nouvelle vague of the uh modern english song no i, I win What'd Sam Cook, Wonderful World. Oh, that's a good one. Mine is going to be uh, Move, Bitch, Get Out of the Way. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. And that takes us to a segment called Does It Hold Up? Now, this is a segment where um, maybe like uh, modern pop music or <laughs> anything, we, we, uh, we, we see if things that uh, we grow up with or things uh, from yesteryear hold up uh, revisiting them as an adult. And because it's 4th of July weekend, we have, um, what we got with us here are some legal fireworks uh, for uh, California standards. Um, so, um, but maybe not even maybe legal. Maybe not even California, legal because you probably bought it in Chinatown. But, everything. So we have uh, sparklers, which uh, I don't know if you guys remember sparklers. You guys remember sparklers, right? Of course. And then poppets. So um, let's let's go ahead and uh, do you have any, uh, did you end up getting any, John? I thought I had some sparklers. It was just a sparkly box of candles. Oh, John. All right. So you're going to live vicariously well, that, through us. I mean, he is indoors, so we well, we can excuse him yeah. on that one. All right. So the first one we'll do, let's look at this poppets here, okay? okay. So it's like a, a red and blue box that looks like somebody put it together on MS Paint. And it says, TNT, <laughs> poppets, a fun trick noisemaker. Um, all right, so let's open this up and... Uh, Guaranteed like. not to blow your hand off. All right. All right, so inside there looks like uh, there's like a little cylind- like a circular cardboard that kind of looks like the thing that goes around your shirt collar when you buy a new shirt. <laughs> play by play, pop it. <laughs> pop it. <laughs> inside it's holding this little bag of... This looks like, you know, when you stuff your nose when you have a nosebleed? Like the little oh, piece yeah. of hey, little the tampons, little, <laughs> little tampon, or like the little piece of toilet little, paper that gets twisted yeah. up. All yeah. right, and little it's so nose tampons, <laughs> like a little Ouch. a little baggy. All right, so and is that gunpowder in the bottom? I wonder what would happen or if we threw one of these on the grill. Or no, hamster. it's like saw, it's sawdust. Oh, I was like, it's is it? Uh, so it's like hamster bedding. That's what it looks like. It's yeah. hamster bedding. Yeah, it's to keep a uh, you know. Okay. Keep them from exploding. All right, so I've got one ready to go here, and the idea is you throw this on the ground and get a big thrill. All right, let me. I'm gonna aim the mic. Let's see what this is like. 
Yeah, that's kind of fun, actually. I, I forgot about... Oh, that one. It is kind of fun, but it's, it's very short-lived. Yeah. It's meant for chillins, I guess. All right, well... I guess that kind of works. Can the viewer hear this? I oh, that was a dud. I'm sure they can I think this. it holds up. Yeah. I think it holds up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you know what was really fun is when you throw these at army men. Now, granted, <laughs> when you throw these at your sister, you, you, <laughs> you would eventually. Not, when I say army men, I don't mean like actual like servicemen. <laughs> they, they would shoot you. Uh, when you throw upon, these at back, veterans, <laughs> back in my childhood in Iraq, I would throw these at army men. Um, no, uh, uh, but it, yeah, yeah, you get it. Uh, well, that's okay. That's fun. I still think it's a fun thing to do. But let's uh, let's look at the let's look at the sparkler thing. So this just looks like a, it's like Wait, a cardboard I'm gonna, box. I'm throw the rest. No. There we go. All right, we, listeners are gonna get annoyed with all this. All right. So oh, you got the little sparklers. These are like the they're like the like the four inch sparklers. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. There, there's like they had like the huge sparklers, and then they had like when I when I say huge, I mean like you'd have to hold it with two hands. They huge. Were like, yeah. All right. Um, huge. Okay, so let Zippo. me light one of these here. And uh, it's just basically it looks like a gray uh, corn dog, a really slim corn dog. Very descriptive. All right, here we go. On a, on sort of a, Actually, a, I, I, a year ago, almost to this day, I lit some sparklers oh, because my sister's wedding... We had sparklers instead of... Uh, How come I'm taking so freaking long to light? Because your lighter doesn't have a wind guard on it. Here, I'm going to stick, stick it in. in there. Th these might be duds. I'm, I'm calling dud on this. You got this at the liquor store in Hollywood, did you? Get, there oh, you go. No. All right, so... These are... Hold it by the mic so listeners can hear. There it's you go. catch the mic on Oh, that smell. catch the mic on fire. Well, it's got that sulfur. That's a great sulfur smell. Sulfur smell. Gosh, that, that smell does bring back memories, you can, though. You can write in the... You, if, if, you, if, if we're a night, you could write in the air. So like, you could go... If you go fast enough... There we go. You can hold your hand by it. This is fun. This is still fun, I think. It's uh, a no, neat little oh, until it goes out effect. like mine just did. <laughs> it, it, they last for about thirty seconds, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we used to do this. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm holding it by the mic. I remember we used to do this when we went camping. Um, when we were kids, this was always what we would do. My mom would buy. In the beginning, would buy sparklers and she'd surprise us and mm. like, oh look what I got oh, for you guys, fun. and then we'd have sparklers. It's fun. Now, okay, so I guess uh, given that we've kind of uh, covered the basic bitch uh, <laughs> package of fireworks, <laughs> yeah. let's uh, let's go over what what were your guys' favorite fireworks when you were kids? Like, like I don't know how much you guys did fireworks well, in. in Canada it's funny. Most of my experience, because growing up camping, these were the only things we were allowed. Okay. And then um, we had a cottage in Georgeville, uh, Quebec. Um, growing up. Um, was it in Georgeville? Where was the one we went to? Jo no, it wasn't Georgeville. Was that Georgeville? I don't remember the town. I think it was it Black Lake or something? Lake Barron. Lake Barron. I was way off. Lake Barron. That's what it was. But we also had a cottage in Georgeville where the first time that I ever saw like 
like home fireworks that you can do, like Roman candles and stuff, was at this little, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Like a general store that was so old school. Yeah. You'd walk in and the floors would creak and it was like something from Anne of Green Gables or something. But, um, <laughs> it was... Gotta get that Anne of Green Gables <laughs> reference in there. That's all these Canadian references on 4th of July. But, yeah, so, um, so John and I, we'd get like a bucket of sand and we'd go out onto the dock of the lake and we'd put on a fireworks show for our, you know, our families that would, you know, would come for the weekend. And it was a, a sure. blast shooting off Roman candles and stuff. Yeah. Nothing better. Nothing Great really memory. much better than that, but it was mostly Roman candles, different sizes, colors. Yeah. Roman candles were always tops. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I remember going up to the lake and uh, my friend's dad had uh, M80s. He had like a store of M80s. So he had actual explosives. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And he would on like on the way out because... It's too. It was too popular. Like, it was like a neighborhood up in uh, up in the Ozarks, and uh, he on the, like when we would be leaving, we would stop in a secluded area of the road, and he'd light one and throw it as far as he could into the woods, and it would blow up. But outside of that, um, that just sounds destructive. That doesn't sound celebratory. It's out in the middle of the. <laughs> it's out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, maybe a squirrel got it, but you know, about, other than that. Um, but I, I also, uh, I was, uh, I was a big fan of tanks. Do you guys remember the tanks? Oh wait, wait, what? Where you no, lit the, you those. lit the little fuse on the back, and it would like, it would, it would sputter forward. It was almost yeah, like yeah, a yeah. sparkler, like yeah. kind of jet on. Yeah, the those back. are cool. And then it would stop, and if you put something in front of it, it would shoot out sparks in like a really long really? stream, and it would burn the hell out of what. And it, so you could have tank battles. You could yeah. put them adjacent to each other, across from each other. And then have them run up against each other, and then whichever one caught fire lost. I think too. Uh, we had the ones that were like a UFO that you'd light, and they'd spin and whistle oh, yeah, and go yeah. up. It those was, are pretty um, fun. What were those called? I think we called those. Uh, shoot, I can't remember, but I remember those. Yeah, those were fun too. Yeah. Well, let's let's answer the question, guys. Does it hold up? Do poppets and sparklers vote, hold yes. up? Yes. I say they do. Yes. Unlike Peeps, the last time we did this, I think that these basic uh, bitch peeps. fireworks still do hold up. <laughs> let's let's <laughs> let's blow up some peeps. How about that, guys? <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break and then come back with John Lovell of the Warrior Poet Society. Stay tuned. Now, this segment is brought to you by Audible.com. And for you, the listeners of the Gentleman's Call Flaw podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, now, they're a great website. And if you like listening to podcasts, you like listening to audiobooks. Um, and again, with this free trial, you can download any title you would like. Um, I would recommend... If at Birth You Don't Succeed, written by my good friend and friend of the show, Zach Anner. Um, he's a hilarious guy, and he reads his own audiobook, which is rare. So that's a bonus. So download his book today. He's a guest of the show. You can listen to his book for free. Now, audiobooks are great. Um, they work just like, you know, listening to a podcast. If you like listening to podcasts, you like listening to audiobooks. Well, you're sitting there, you know, uh, cooking dinner. Or uh, you're, you know, at work, uh, you know, typing some emails. 
or maybe you're you're stuck in LA traffic like I am, or maybe you're you know it's a weekend and you're just uh, sitting back and uh, doing some uh, Pinterest crafts uh, that you've always wanted to do that you've had there on your board just waiting for you to to, to tackle. Uh, you might as well listen to an audiobook while doing that. And and people don't know that you, you killed two birds with one stone. You made an amazing Pinterest craft and you listen to the book. Now, I don't know which of our listeners are making Pinterest crafts, but um, there are some pretty manly crafts you can do on Pinterest. So go to audibletrial.com slash gentscofflaw to get your free audiobook download and your free 30-day trial today. You won't regret it. You're a grand old rag. You're a high-flying flag. And forever in peace may you wave. You're the emblem of the land I love, the home of the free and the brave. Every heart beats through under red, white, and blue where there's never a boat or break. But good old acquaintance be forgot, keep your eye on the grand old rag. All right, I'm really excited to have this guest. Um, I've been following him on YouTube for a while. For for a while. You know what? I got ahead of myself because I was going to say I've been following him on YouTube for a while, but he is known as the Warrior Poet, and I confuse I, I mixed while and Warrior Poet for a while. Excusable. Poet. All right, um, John Lovell, the Warrior Poet. Welcome and thank you for coming on. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's Fourth of July, um, so I figured, why not let's let's not let's just talk about guns. That that seemed appropriate <laughs> for our Fourth of July episode. Guns and freedom. Uh, um, for our well <laughs> for our listeners that don't know about the Warrior Poet Society and what you do, can you just tell them a little bit about yourself and what your background is? How you started yeah, Warrior Poet. Sure. Um, so uh, I'm a full-time tactics and firearms instructor. Uh, that's kind of my day job. Uh, in out in social media land, I've got a YouTube channel and I'm on Instagram, and and I'm kind of leading up a movement that's really gained a lot of momentum. I'm excited about it's the Warrior Poet Society, and the idea is uh, uh, that we are mixing um, conviction, heartfelt conviction. We're lovers of people. Uh, mixed intellect, who are tr- trying to uh, fight not just harder, but fighting smarter. And then uh, we're skilled in violence so that we'd be able to be better protectors. So that's the idea. We love people and we want to defend them, uh, whether that's families, neighbors, coworkers, or whatever. So we train to that end. We're people of conviction and uh, we're planners, we're thinkers. And so uh, that's kind of the, the, um, the whole idea. Yeah. um, Well, that's that's really awesome. I think that um, a lot of the country, well, at least out out where we live um, in Los Angeles and California in in urban California, people have this idea of the rest of the country of that anyone that's in it in tactical things or guns as just being, you know, these yahoos, these guys that just want to start fights and pew, 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 yeehaw kind of thing. Um, But what you're talking about is really, you know, it's it's. It's not just the physical, but it's also the mental, the spiritual kind of aspect of things of, 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 of why it's important to have some knowledge and tactics. Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, so, uh, I've definitely had my fair of, um, fair share of, 
uh, violence and fighting. I was an ex-special operations guy and did a whole bunch of combat tours in my time in. And so, uh, yeah, I, I've had enough of violence. I, I don't like it. I'd, I'd rather avoid it for the rest of my life. But the fact of the matter is I don't get to decide that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at, according to the newsman, active shooter stuff and just crazy violence is just seeming to just come out of the woodwork. It's everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, it's crazy. and so uh, when you see stuff like this, this active shooter stuff, for it, for instance, which is becoming just a pandemic, uh, the only way to really stop someone with a gun is with a gun. Yeah. I hate mm-hmm. to say it, but I mean, I think it is that simple. Yeah. And so we need protectors. We need folks that are out there saying, you know what, this happens around the world, could happen in uh, could happen anywhere, but not in my neighborhood, yeah. not in my workplace, not not while I'm watching. And so um, really, you know, and this is it just movies can do a whole lot of damage to to kind of uh, building a, a, a false sense of who all these protectors are. And, and I'm not anti-movie or anything else like that. I'm just saying, uh, you know, they're stereotypes. And yeah. and uh, I, I think, you know, like today I was, I'm just a normal dude. And when I'm going about life, nobody knows that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a protector and I'm a gun guy. I don't advertise it. I don't have any gun stickers on my car and I don't wear any gun shirts. People yeah. don't know what I'm carrying. I'm just a smiling guy who's excited to meet people. I'm playing with my kids and trying to make out with my wife. And I'm just a normal <laughs> guy being movies and working a job. And I like people and uh, I want to protect them. And so, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I just, there, it seems like a straw man argument that's going on out there. And yeah, you can find the crazy gun guy, and that's typically who gets in the limelight. But there's a whole just undercurrent of responsible armed citizens. We're not John Wayne cowboys. We're not ignorant. We're not stupid. Uh, we're, we're not loose cannons. We're just normal people who have wised up that there's some real threats out there, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prepare myself. So I could protect me, mine, and anyone else that's out there. Yeah. Well, it's like we we were talking about this earlier on another episode. Like, there's this there's this idea of like, oh, I'm not into guns or I'm not into violence. But it's like you really can't take that that stance if you you're not yourself capable of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like it's it's a matter of like, of being able to control violence and to have restraint to be able to protect it, and know protect the people you love, and know when to use it when it's appropriate. And I I feel like that's what that's what's missing. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, that's good, yeah, it's, man. It's also it's also the, I find like a you know in your in your stuff you know you talk about situational awareness and the sort of mental discipline to to be able to keep that up. And uh, I read a quote from uh, General Mathis recently uh, saying, you know, like, what is it? It's like you you have a plan to kill everybody who's in the room with you. you know? <laughs> even, though, even though, you know, obviously that's not your intent. Yeah. But like if things go south, like you got it, you, you always have to you always have to be on the on the ball. You know, when it comes to uh, bad people doing bad things. Yeah. And my my dad always said, uh, he's like, um, 
always called the gun the great equalizer, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what your size is or what your sex is. If you're weaker or or, or than a or than a bigger, stronger person, um, the gun is you know makes everything very even very quickly. Sure. <laughs> And I think a lot of people, they seem fairly, at least up here, I'm in Canada, so it's a very different culture up here. And there's a, this undercurrent of naive, na- they're very naive about it. And yeah, uh, the whole, yeah, that's the word. So, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to practice that one. So the whole idea of uh, I'm not into guns and violence and such. That's fine, but the the bad guy coming down the street is, and what are you going to do? And he, they can't answer that. That's right, especially in gun free zones. I mean, the the, the wolves are going to pick the most defenseless sheep. They're oh, going to yeah. find ones without sheep dogs hanging around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know, it, it's amazing just uh, how you can. Uh, look at the gun-free zones and immediately they become real hot spots for active shooters and uh, different types of violence. And uh, so um, anyway, I, I think the data is out there. It, it's it's more of people really just want to believe what they want to believe. And uh, <laughs> what, what do you think is the biggest min- misconception that people have about, you know, firearms owning firearms i'll tell you a fun story awesome um, we love stories the, here <laughs> there, there was a uh, pretty major television uh you know a program a network that came down and they were doing some uh different training and i was the head trainer kind of like on the scene and these folks were uh from california uh like y- yourselves but they were very very anti-gun Everything about them, just everything about them screamed anti-gun. They didn't like it, and they really just, I mean, here I am. I'm a professional gunfighter. That's what I do. That's what I teach for a living. And so I, I could tell that they really were standoffish, and they warmed up pretty quick. I, I was a real nice guy, but I did become a little bit of a bully in one area. That's when we were out on the range, and we are doing a little bit of a documentary-type uh, style thing. Yeah. Uh, and. I just insisted that they shoot a gun. And so I brought out a little silent twenty-two. I uh, oftentimes carry. Little silence twenty-two caliber semi-automatic pistol. And I really bullied them into shooting it just because I knew they'd have a great time. And I thought it'd do so much to just kind of reach across the island. And the first guy who reluctantly grabbed the pistol shot one round. Uh, and I watched his whole demeanor change. He loved it. He adored it. He, he, he went through an entire magazine and looked at me for another one. And then everyone got involved and everyone shot it. And a lot of it's just, you know, the gun crowd comes from such a wildly different side of the fence that neither side can really imagine what the other one is like and where – we can't imagine the differences. We can't imagine there'd be a commonality. There'd be a, a, a hu- you know, a, a, the human element. And anyway, we, we really just kind of bonded. And after that, it's kind of like uh, all animosity and pretensions just dropped off. And we're all just kind of friends and laughing and cutting <laughs> up. It was pretty cathartic across <laughs> the board. But anyway, we had a great time. So I'm from Canada. So my experience with guns up to like four years ago 
was nil and my wife's uncle lives down in florida we went down to visit that was my he brought me to the shooting range for the first time it was my first experience with any kind of gun and i was so excited i got a nosebleed (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome that's pretty cool oh man i gotta leave that in john that's a great story yeah i mean i feel like for a lot of people that are uh, you know, anti-gun, they have their reasons, but a lot of them have never actually, fu- you know, fired one and, and actually been able to handle them. So there's like this fear um, of of guns, but really when you're with it and you learn to respect it and how to use it, the fear goes away. I know I was that yeah. way. I mean, I originally used to live in Canada. Um, I moved to Texas before I moved out to California. And um, my, my father-in-law... Um, showed me how to shoot in the backyard. It was in, just in the backyard in, in, in Longview, Texas, where, you know, nobody cares if you're shooting. <laughs> your neighbors don't care if you're shooting in the backyard. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like. It's not really at all what I thought it would be. It doesn't sound yeah. like I thought it would. It doesn't feel like I thought it would. You know, but it, 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 it definitely, it you feel more confident afterwards. Yeah. No one died. No ninjas <laughs> jumped yeah. off the roof to assault you. <laughs> you were changed. It just pop, pop, pop. That was kind of fun and off to the exactly. <laughs> under the rest of your life. It wasn't that big of a deal. Exactly. For people that are getting into guns, because I don't, I like, I obviously, I'm, I, I don't, I don't own a gun yet, but I'm looking to get something. Where, where does one start? If for home defense, what do you think is a? If somebody's just is thinking about getting into getting a gun for home defense, where do you think is a good place to start in terms of what they should get and what they should look for? Yeah, not all guns are created equal. Um, what I want to do is if somebody's just completely doesn't know anything about guns, and a lot of times people feel unsafe, and so they'll just go buy a gun and then they'll uh, walk into a gun shop apprehensive there's a thousand options and really they're at the mercy of whoever is behind the counter and whoever's behind the counter may tell them you know just oh, i've heard a whole bunch of weird stuff these yeah. aren't pro shooters these aren't tactics and firearms instructors they're guys working a retail job and the unit happens to be firearms yeah. uh, so <laughs> one is take what the guy behind the counter getting paid minimum wage, you know, saying with a grain of salt. And and I'm not trying to bully or pick on, I'm just saying, understand you need to do your homework before you get to the gun shop. Um, I'm a trainer. That's what I do, you know, constantly. That's, that's what I do. And so I have to deal with all the crap, guns that filter in and so uh and really there's a lot of just terrible guns out there then there's a lot that's kind of like you can make them work it's okay and then there's a few that are really really great well um, do you mind if i just pause for a sec there what do you mean by really terrible guns like what what is the criteria for that like i wouldn't know looking for one so what would make one a bad gun to avoid Sure, and, and let me qualify that with it's a bad gun for that shooter. Okay, that makes so sense. For instance, I'll, I'll have uh, some little old ladies who want to get a gun. And so uh, the guy behind the counter says, ah, that we need to give her something simple. I really like this 357, uh, <laughs> you know, snub nose revolver, and it's really light. So she can carry it in her purse. 357, <laughs> lots of knockdown power, and it's simple operation. And meanwhile, what they don't realize is, yeah, 
that trigger has about a 12-pound trigger for that particular yeah. gun, meaning her arthritic fingers can't even pull the trigger. Wow. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but she can't even shoot it. And wow. I have to somehow teach this woman how to how to – how to defend herself with it. Then, because it's such a lightweight gun with such a high-powered round, a 357, it just about tears her hand off. And after she does manage to squeak one round out, it's like a, a fire-breathing dragon that tears her hand off and she never wants to shoot it again. It's oh, wow. a terrible experience for her. Yeah. And, and that, that's kind of, uh, you know, almost a, that, that's a pretty extreme instance. But it, but it, it does prove the point. Yeah. Others will, uh, you know, a lot of times gals will go in to uh, get a firearm and they'll get something that's cute. Uh, and, that, and then I hear this all the time. I really like the way it felt in my hand. That's yeah. what they say. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I guess that's something, but then they come to me and I'll say, well, yeah, the very first thing I'll say is, yeah, but you're, you're holding it wrong. <laughs> holding it wrong you, you don't hold it You're like that it by the oh, barrel. <laughs> and so you know half their criteria is like it was cheap it was cute it was tiny tiny guns are very hard to shoot uh quickly and accurately yeah. you want something that you'll be able to shoot under stress, when you're terrified, afraid, you've got enough ammo capacity that you know you, you get a few extra shots. Uh, it's not going to malfunction. Uh, the round isn't so powerful that you can't manage the recoil. Uh, and it's built uh, for a good thumbs-forward grip with an isosceles stance, which is uh, really what we shoot now is a thumbs-forward uh, grip and I can't really show that on a podcast. Well, we can link to a video of yours in the show notes of anything that you mention here. That way, people could go and watch it after this. <laughs> Great, I give some real basic instructions on hey, here's how to hold a pistol. And I've got somebody uh, who's learning in front of me, and I'm placing their hands and talking about the biomechanics and this is how and this is why. Uh, so uh, there you go. If you don't know what to get and you want something for home defense. Yeah. Uh, pistols are not the, the greatest option. I, I do a video on this exactly on YouTube, and you can just find Best Firearm for Home Defense, John okay. Lovell. Uh, okay. And that video will pop up. And I, I kind of make a graph that deals with a whole bunch of different uh, metrics, a whole bunch of different little indices so that we can get a good, uh, clear picture, and it's not going to arrive at the crowning this is the end-all, be-all firearm. It's really trying to, to cater it and fit it to the weakest shooter in the house, what you're trying to accomplish, recognizing that you know ammo capacity is a big deal, how easy is it to manage and recoil, how, how uh, likely is one shot placed on that round going to uh, hit the target, yeah. uh, the ergonomics, how long is it so that you can wield it around, uh, what, what type of safety mechanisms is on it, and how long is it going to take to defeat that uh how quickly can you get on target with that what accessories which would allow you to shoot in low light environments okay. uh, i mean the, i just rattled off like you know seven or eight just of those ideas just from the top of my head yeah yeah uh and, and so really what i'll come up with is a you know what i use is a m4 ar style uh carbine okay something holds about 30 rounds it's the same thing that military guys and i was a military guy of course so uh swat team guys you, you know you're they're clearing rooms with them and if somebody breaks into my house well 
that's just a bunch of angles. Those guys choose that gun for a reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can shoot it very quickly, very accurately. It's uh, around that, you know, uh, easy to place and a whole bunch of them. You can stop a threat pretty easily. Uh, good accessibility or accessories that you could put uh, easy to operate flashlights. And uh, so um, I, I really like that. A shotgun could be okay. If you're going to get a shotgun, get a 20 gauge, not a 12 gauge. Okay. Uh, a 20 gauge is better. Uh, it it doesn't. It's very close to um, performing uh, stopping a threat. Yeah. Uh, like 12 gauge, it's not quite as powerful, but it, it but it's close enough, and the recoil on it is not nearly as bad. Mm. So if you have your wife. A 20 gauge is exponentially better than a 12 gauge. Okay. The 20 gauge would still put someone down, but she may actually have be able to control it so that if she had to fire a follow up shot, she could. Yeah. Uh, so a 20 gauge is something that I'd recommend. Uh, 20, uh, it's great. I love the shotgun. You just don't have a whole ton of ammo. Um, and so make your shots count. I mean, I, when I think of a shotgun now, I think of Bill Burr, the stand-up comedian. He had a bit about how, like, uh, living in an apartment with a shotgun, he just wants to take out the intruder, not do drywall work. <laughs> Is there any truth to that? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so here's a, here's a common fallacy of uh, okay. someone breaks in at the coming in from the east – so no. you point your shotgun toward the east and everything in that direction and dies. Okay. Like somehow, you know, you fire. Like I like a shotgun because I don't have to aim. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it, it's not doing what you think it does. Yeah. Uh, you know, out of a just, um, yeah, out of a shotgun that's not a sawed-off shotgun or really, really short barrel. Uh, you're the. Uh, Something like a buckshot uh, is expanding. The group is expanding about one inch per yard. Okay. So you think about the normal rooms in your house. Yeah. You may see like a four-inch, five-inch spread, a six-inch spread here, and it may be a little bit under that, too. Okay. So you still have to aim. Yeah. You don't just, you know, they're coming in, and you point somewhere generally in the direction, and that's going to stop them necessarily. You still got to aim. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and the drywall, yeah, insurance can pay for the drywall. You <laughs> can stop the threat, but his job is to be funny, and I think he pulled it off. So good job being <laughs> bad job saying anything of value for home defense. <laughs> In other words, don't listen to comedians when it comes to sell home, home defense. But he's, I mean, he's actually a big supporter of the, of the First Amendment, but it's just, I thought or it was a se- funny the bit. The Second Amendment. Uh, sorry, first. Yeah. The first and the first, because obviously, be because on TV. yeah, I, I got the amendments. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's uh, but also he says things that not a lot of people like, and yeah. uh, the in Canada you could actually uh, get sued by that. the government yeah. and put in jail if you say something they don't agree with in a comedy that's show. Right. But that's another story. That's, wow. <laughs> um, that's why it's great to live in America. Yeah, exactly. Fourth <laughs> of July. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but so. 
you think that you think that uh, for for conceal and carry, then what what would be the best thing for somebody uh, starting out and doing that? Obviously, we can't do it in California. I can't do it without permission from the sheriff for something. The yeah. county sheriff. Yeah, California's but tough. In Texas, my adopted home state, everybody carries there. Yeah. Uh, sure. So um, Glocks are amazing guns. The price point's low. The reliability is amazing. Resale value, it's uh, it's an, a fantastic gun. It seems like every pro instructor I run into, guess what they're shooting? Glocks. Glocks. Uh-huh. All the world champion competitive shooters, they're usually shooting Glocks or Smith & Wesson MMPs, another great gun. Um, I love Glocks, and that's what I carry. I got a bunch of them hanging around the house, and I, I wear I carry a Glock 19 on me every day. A Glock 19 is a nine millimeter. I uh, I highly recommend a nine millimeter. Forty five is out. Forty is going out. Nine millimeter okay. is uh, standing the test of time, and that's what everyone's flocking to now. Some of your listeners just clicked off as soon as I said that. <laughs> I doubt if there's anybody. You know, and and yeah, in your old alma mater, home state of Texas, <laughs> I, I just committed to blasting, but uh, really, it's not about a slightly bigger round. Uh, nine millimeter advances in nine millimeter technology. The round is expanding to something that comparable to forty and forty-five. It's smaller, but it's comparable. Yeah, uh, truly, uh, and it uh, has far less recoil. So anyone. That can shoot a forty-five could shoot a forty caliber faster and more accurately. Okay. Anyone that can shoot a, a forty caliber, you know, could shoot a nine millimeter faster and more accurately. And it's not about a slightly bigger bullet; okay. it's about the placement of the round, which is everything. Right. Uh, and so, I highly recommend a nine millimeter. I can handle a big round. Yeah. I choose the nine millimeter, and guess what? All my instructor buddies choose the, the nine, nine millimeter. millimeter. All of them. Uh, for the next generation, and, and yeah, there, there's a few exceptions here and there. But, okay. Um, a Glock 19 is a nine millimeter. It's kind of a mid-sized gun. If you wanted something smaller, uh, I would uh, recommend the Glock 42 or the okay. Glock 43. Okay. Uh, both are fantastic. They're subcompact. They're very small guns. I don't like recommending really small guns, but this is something that is uh, small enough that you could really still fight with and defend with if you had to. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I got for my wife. She's got a little Glock 43, which is a 9mm, and then there's the Glock 42, which is about the same size gun, uh, and the wives will love it. They'll look at that and be like, "Wow, it, that's uh-huh. I can actually carry that in my purse. I could carry that on me." It, it not in California. <laughs> Does it come in pink? <laughs> like, in California, they'd be like, "People actually carry these things." Yeah. Uh, why? Yeah, I know. It's it's. Watch the news. I know people are so afraid of it here. I even went to a like an improv comedy show um, where they were some somehow they got into guns and all the guys were talking about guns and you could tell they none of them had ever fired anything and had no clue what they were talking about and it was actually kind of sad to watch like oh these are the people that are writing our TV shows and directing our our movies like like you said it's like there's a lot of misconceptions with with firearms that that are spread by like Hollywood in particular like the whole like myth of you know if you drop it down like a flight of stairs it's just gonna start going crazy and kill everybody in the room 
You know, it's like yeah. very rarely. <laughs> I think does that, that was ever a Simpsons happen. episode. Yeah, or like, <laughs> but, but like it happens in action movies where a guy drops his gun and it goes off all the time. And like it's well, um. um it's, it's what was that one? It was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh, it was uh, true, uh, true Lies. True Lies. True Lies. She killed everyone. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. was that her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I it, Scene. <laughs> it makes for a great it makes for a great scene and of course like you shouldn't take movies seriously but at the same time like a, to quote another movie like witness where harrison ford plays a detective and he's hiding out with the amish and he's like showing the little boy the gun and he takes the bullets out and he says okay now it's safe to touch like this is it's harmless like it's yeah. not going to do anybody any harm unless you get your finger caught in the you know in the uh in the ham between the hammer and you that know, would be an owie that would that would suck yeah but, <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's just it's that it's that sort of thing where uh you know hollywood did about uh, like an about face like it used to be like shane telling you know uh little uh, joey that you know uh, it was a tool and that you know it's all about the man behind it but now it's like you know the gun itself is the most evil thing on the planet you know? yeah so it's uh, yep. yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, uh, for instance, my Glock that I carry, Glocks yeah. are, have multiple safeties with uh, you know different safety redundancies that are built into the design of the gun. So I can take my gun, load it. There's no like really external safety switches on. It's all kind of inside the gun. Yeah. inside the fire control system, I can take that loaded gun and throw it at the wall one million times and it will never go off. Yeah. Yeah. It's drop safe. The only way to make that gun go off is to pull the trigger yeah. uh, when it is loaded. It's not just going to you know, accidentally go off and kill someone. You have to do something deliberately or indeliberately, something stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, folks that are usually responsible armed citizens, they're, they're – They've got training. They've gone through the safety stuff. They're usually normal people. And if you grew up the way they did, you may like guns and, and you may carry them too. It wouldn't be so foreign. Yeah, well, it's just not, yeah. not used to is all. And, and you know, they're just, you know, I've, I hear this expression or I heard a lot when I was a kid of I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, I like that. But I mean, if, yeah, until it's time to be a fighter, you know, if like if you really love someone and someone threatens them, it's time to be a fighter and to not fight would be a very unloving thing to me. Yeah. Well, that's, it, it, you got to um, be both. It's, uh, it's we're lovers and fighters, we're warriors and we're poets. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny you know, that. You say it because, like, we're like, even the name of our podcast, like, Gentleman Scoff Law, it's like that idea of the two, uh, the two parts of a man, like somebody who's caring and a gentleman, and you know, uh, there's that side, and then there's the scoff law, the kind of rebellious the, the side, the rebel and the renaissance man, the rebel and the renaissance man. But it's funny <laughs> you, you, you talk about that because I, uh, a couple of years ago, and as someone I want to get back into doing, but I was taking uh, uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu, and that's one thing that they talk about a lot. It's like, well, it's like. You people say, "Oh, I'm a lover. I'm a, I'm a fighter. I'm not a fighter." Um, but really, like learning how to to protect yourself and in a way where you're confident with it means you're not just going to go ape crap on somebody and really hurt somebody if you're trained for it. So, I mean, right. what talk about that? Like, I mean, obviously, the training is is the most important part. All this, I mean, we could talk about 
types of guns all day, but if you're not trained for it, it does none of it really matters. So I mean, where I mean, where should somebody start training? Sure, great, uh, great, and hey, I'm so proud that you were jujitsuing it up, brother. Good for you. <laughs> I want to get back into it, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, uh, Hoist Gracie, um, I, I met uh, a little earlier this year, hung out with him for a while, interviewed him on my YouTube channel, and it was just kind of a fun, stupid, whatever. But there's a man that can kill you very easily. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... I mean, you know, if he's walking around and, you know, you, I know he sees all the angles and uh, he knows how to kill you real quick. And <laughs> he's just a smiling, nice guy. Yeah. And in the is. same way that a trained martial artist, and they're all over California as well, yeah. just because they know how and they have the capability doesn't mean they're, you know, tying their black belts on and kung fuing everyone on every street corner. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 a skill it's it's for the responsible citizen now mm-hmm. someone doesn't have the training but they want to do harm they can jump in a car and drive down the sidewalk and kill a bunch of people that way of yeah. you know the gun again i guess i'm just returning back around and something you said stoke the fire again but somebody wants to do bad i mean a a, a vehicle be far far more efficient weapon yeah. for hurting people than a lot of times your gun will uh, you asked me about training yeah uh, you know training's my deal that's what i do yeah. and so obviously i'm going to be pretty picky about it what i'm looking for for a good training somebody who understands uh the entire fight i'm not a sport shooter i'm not a hunter uh i train people to win violent encounters i train the good guys yeah. uh so you know you got to have you know a uh, you can't be a felon or anything to be able to train with me and be a U.S. citizen and prove that. And you know, so in, in anyway. But uh, I guess what you're uh, look, what I'm looking for is, yeah, all right. First, let's pick a good gun for you. You're not going to know how to pick that. Here, here's some options. What do you like? Good call. Go with that. Uh, now, the next thing is. This is how you hold the gun. This is how you stand. Here's your fundamentals. Here's trigger control. A lot of people don't realize how ridiculously hard pistol shooting is. Yeah. For, <laughs> for instance, uh, I, I trained a couple that owns a, uh, owns a restaurant locally. Real sweet couple. Um, and uh, after a couple hours, I was able to actually get them to be able to hit the targets. Wow. Uh, and that that's that's not uncommon. You think you just go out, but because of that trigger control and improper grip and uh, anticipation of the shot, it's yeah. very common for people to just completely miss the target um, over and over. And that's when they're taking like careful lane. Well, this couple got excited and I wanted to show them something. I said, um, okay. You're hitting the target. Now let's do something different. I want you to put the gun down on the counter, take two steps back, and when I say threat, I'm, I was going to scream it at him, I want you to uh, move forward, grab the gun, and shoot that target directly in front of you five times as fast as you can. And yeah. here's the guy uh, who had just done pretty decent on the target, shot five rounds as fast as he could at the target that was literally right in front of him. Would you like to guess how many hit the target? None. Zero. You're yeah. got, you got it. <laughs> Zero rounds hit the target. 
And that's because of what adrenaline and stress can do. Also, time constraints. And see, that's defensive shooting. Yeah. Uh, you may have you may have spent time shooting Coke bottles off the fence in your granddad's backyard, and that's great. That has some value. It just doesn't have any value when it comes to defending yourself. Yeah. Uh, what we need is, first of all, off, know your tool. Know, know, know the gun, how to take it apart, put it back together, load, unload, know the condition. Uh, you, then you need to have some idea of fundamentals, how to hit your target. Then you need to blend that with stress and time constraints. This is something that most people, they could shoot 30 years and never actually do this ever. Yeah. You need a trainer to show you this. Otherwise, it just becomes a false sense of security. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm building all this of fine, fine pro training. Fine yeah. pro training. Okay. Uh, I, I'm out there. I'm not hard to find. I'm John Lovell, and I travel all over. I'll, I'll be teaching a few courses in California here in just a few months. Oh, I'll man. be out in Southern California. We'll be and then out. I've got one in Northern California um, not long after. Uh, so uh, and I, I wasn't planning on plugging my own training, but I mean, I, no, I believe I mean, in what I'm ahead. doing. Come I, on. Yeah, I'm good I mean, you're doing it. Uh, I'm not the only game in the country. There's some other really good trainers out there, too. And if you reach out to me and get a hold of me, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to to recommend some of my peers, guys that are doing similar stuff. But um, uh, what's difficult is find somebody who kind of sees the whole picture, the 30,000 foot view. Yeah. Uh, so they can really start with the end in mind and efficiently and quickly get you to where you could really actually maybe hold your ground. Uh, and the better the trainer, the faster they can get you there. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah. And people that are listening, I mean, uh, John talks a talk because he's got these videos online where he tells old stories uh, from being uh, being a, a soldier. Um, and a every, every once in a while, there's a, an alarm that goes off and he has to hit the target. And he's very, he's very uh, quick on those, on the trigger there. <laughs> Well, thanks, man. Yeah, those are that. That's a good example of uh, stress inoculation training, and that that's hard, harder than it looks. Um, yeah. But it's real fun, and it's uh, partially a joke and partially just training. Uh, but yeah. it's war stories with John on it's YouTube. Fun. War I stories like those. with John. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank. I forgot to say that too, but thank you for your service. I mean, obviously, we appreciate you uh keeping us safe <laughs> oh yeah no sweat well i mean yeah i'm i'm out now and so uh any of those military guys that are looking on i'm just going to pass that straight on to them hey guys if you're listening in and you're serving military or uh, law enforcement or ems thanks for your service guys yeah well and there's and there's it seems to be many different fat i mean i don't know if we i don't think we've covered this but like there's the channel is multifaceted because you cover a lot of philosophical you know, viewpoints as well mm -hmm. with the warrior poet society. And like, for example, like I was, I was, uh, I was listening to another podcast that was sort of military based and they were talking about, uh, I think his name is Musashi. Uh, Musashi. Is that the, the samurai who wrote the five yeah. rings? Yeah. Yeah. And Mikoto you, Musashi. Yeah. yeah. And then you did a, uh, you did a similar overview of, of, uh, of him as a warrior and it was just interesting to kind of hear the two different viewpoints because when I was listening to the original, I, I kind of looked into them 
and saw some things that, you know, I liked and I didn't like. I, I liked some of his discipline and I thought he was a little bit, you know, maybe sociopathic in another area. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you had the right viewpoint on it. And I, that's what really drew me to your channel was that it really, you know, you're talking about training and, you know, being able to fight, but having the discipline to, you know, show restraint and, you know, mercy or, you know, uh, protecting the innocent and things like that. I mean, it's, it's, it is a very, you know, philosophical kind of war. It's a, it's a warrior's philosophy that kind of comes with all this technical, the uh, yeah. technical tactical side of it that yeah. I really, that I really like. So, yeah, there's, yeah. it's neat the approach you take on it. It's not just, uh, you know, like this kind of over masculine channel which is oh we're gonna shoot some guns today but there's a lot of thought that goes into it so i that's what draw me to it too <laughs> i appreciate it thanks man i think it's it's the total man or, or woman that, that that factors in i'm not trying to put on airs or anything like that or be the toughest dude in the room uh, by any chance of like no we're real people like uh when i was in the military uh you know i've heard an expression actually it was before i was in the military everybody's heard it but there's no atheists in foxholes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you've heard that right everybody yeah. has mm-hmm. yeah sure and, and i'm not pushing the you know i'm not proselytizing anybody here this isn't where i'm gonna stand up and then do an altar call or anything all, all i'm doing is is saying you've heard that you've heard that phrase before why why have you heard that before? Yeah. There's no atheists in foxholes. Uh, and, and whether you, you agree with it or not, all it does is it, it at least opens up the discussion of, okay, in fighting, in war, in combat, theology must be a relevant topic. Yeah. you got to be ready to kill, ready to die. you got to know what's worth living for and what's worth dying for. Uh, and in those terrifying, horrific moments when you're sure you're going to die, and I've been there many times, uh, you're asking those theological questions. That's what comes to mind oftentimes. Sometimes nothing comes to mind. You're just working on autopilot. Yeah. Uh, others, you're, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, please save me, please save me, please save me. You know, and, and so uh, that stuff, if you if you haven't fully built in that, you know, you're you, – You've answered those good philosophical and theological questions when it comes down to whether you can take a life and whether you're ready to die for someone else. uh, You're not going to actually be able to perform. You're not going to be able to pick up a gun. You may not be able to move at all. And so being able to build a full person with not just the the skill to do something, but with a good mindset. We, We want good people who are just lovers of people who are ready to do the right thing and that's sometimes kill the bad guy yeah, uh, yeah. and so uh, sounds terrible we'd love it to live in this you know uh uh real rosy world where we could just reason with the psychopath we could just we could just try a little more diplomacy with isis and let them know hey you know what gosh we're not so bad over here in the West. <laughs> That's Katy Perry's <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> yeah, touch, and, touch somebody and, and tell them you love them. Touch a, she's touch a suicide bomber and tell, tell them you love them. Well, I've watched enough Walking Dead to know when uh, the fit hits the shan that uh, those are the guys that are the most valuable in that, in that situation are yeah. the good guys that are able to do what needs to be done. Yeah, man, definitely. 
<laughs> speaking of talking about the well, Walking Dead, speaking completely of, fictional <laughs> example, but well, it's still <laughs> yeah. Actually, that was something that was something I wanted to ask you. Um, speaking of uh, media, you know, um, I I listened to some of your uh, some of your excerpts on on podcasting and such, and uh, I think you you did a review of John Wick too which uh, was, yeah. was great. And, you know, you mentioned you like movies and I, I, I've, you know, listened to a lot of podcasts or, or veterans who oftentimes will say, I, I'm not really into movies because, you know, they get so much wrong and it's, it's kind of hard to watch, you know, when you, when you've been there. Um, so do you have any, uh, I mean, do you have any war movies that you particularly like or that you'd say are like the most accurate in your viewpoint or sort of like, uh, I guess, what are your, what are your favorite movies coming from like a military? standpoint and sort of that that attitude sure um and i did really like john wick too um yeah. what, what i'm liking more and more is hollywood has realized uh fans really like it when you do stuff well like yeah. you have a guy handling a gun and he's handling it the right way even people who don't know what they're seeing realize "Ooh, that looked sharp that looked right and and the people that do actually know that uh, for me I notice every bad grip, every improper inefficiency in presentation. I see, you know, it, when they're clearing rooms or, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> moving in around structures or uh, doing any type of military movement. When they do something janky, it stands up like a big, you know, red flashing light, and it's distracting to me. Yeah. I was trying to get into a new. Uh, <laughs> a new uh, television show and there was about uh, I guess SWAT cops and there was some sniper on the roof and he was about to take out and this was the pilot this was probably the first three minutes of the mm. first episode and the sniper on the roof took his finger and curled it two knuckles deep all the way into the trigger which you're just supposed <laughs> to use the tip of your finger uh, and it was just so distracting and irritating to me i immediately cut the show off and it's <laughs> i do like movies i liked john wick too a lot they, they good weapon manipulation they had some really good training one of my friends uh, is aaron cowan of uh, sage dynamics and aaron uh, worked with keanu reeves personally for months uh mm. teaching him also uh terran of terran tactical uh, another dude in my world, um, you know, and, and those are some good shooters. Mm. Uh, so, um, you know, the parts that I didn't like in uh, in the movie is one that guy he should have died so early. <laughs> it's just impossible if you didn't die. Also, some of the tactics were uh, were not uh, not what I, I would have liked. And the guy just never had a plan. His plan was just you know, yeah, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead kind of thing. And it's just never ever had a plan. A like, man, with just a little bit of planning, you wouldn't have to get shot so much in your little bulletproof suit there. It wouldn't hurt as much <laughs> if you were more. But anyway, I, I like the movie. And what I'm looking for in a movie is something with – they did at least enough to, to give me a good gesture that they tried. You know, they, they got the right equipment and they're keeping their fingers off the trigger when they're moving around and uh, something 
that's you know as close to a proper grade. Really, I want to get lost in the movie and just enjoy the movie. I'm, I'm interested in the plot and the character development. I'm not showing up to be the gun Nazi police and see <laughs> if everybody does everything the perfect way that I want it to. I'm not going to be that nerdy guy. Uh, I'm going to get lost in the movie and enjoy it. But when y'all, you know, you, you hear me say y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but when you guys, <laughs> when... When folks, directors are so lazy that they don't understand even the universal fire and safety rules, it's just so distracting. Now I can't enjoy the movie anymore. Yeah. It no. keeps waking me up to amateur hour. So, uh, you can't suspend um, good stuff. I, I, I can't. It's just annoying. It keeps pulling me out of the storyline when I'm like, get your finger off the trigger. Signal with your non-firing hand. Clear yeah. the fatal funnel, man. Get out of the doorway. What are you doing? Take any cover. Get behind cover. <laughs> and so, you know, all that stuff is so distracting. I, I can't, you know, it, it doesn't let me really just embrace the movie and enjoy it. Uh, you know, um, so anyway, uh, some uh, good movies that seem to really do well. Uh, the John Wick stuff is, is real good. Um I liked uh, some of the like Band of Brothers was amazing, yeah, Band of amazing stuff. Saving Private Ryan and yeah. uh, Black Hawk Down. That those yeah. were excellent, excellent movies. Um, yeah, of, uh, and just I'm noticing the uh, some actors will have better consoles. I'm noticing hmm. Tom Cruise is moving pretty smooth with the gun yeah. these days. Yeah, he's, done uh, so he's so doing good work. And I don't like want to like Tom Cruise. He's you know, pretty, I don't want. <laughs> I think he's a pretty uh, but, disciplined guy for selfish reasons, but I, I think I think he's I think he's pretty disciplined. That's why he's he's probably getting that. Yeah, done. Um, Liam Neeson does yeah. you know okay. Uh, you know, there's there's some good fighting, but uh, nobody does better than Keanu Reeves right now wow. as far as actors. Really, wow. Sometimes you'll actually have some military guys in the mil- in the movies, and when you know, I can immediately tell who they are. You can see a move, uh, but um, anyway, yeah. something awesome. else. Uh, movies that were just terrible. Uh, Tears of the Sun. Oh uh, yeah, tears to my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> just such a disaster. <laughs> um, but, oh, terrible. Uh, you mentioned The Walking Dead. Yeah, oh, The I'm Walking sure Dead does. Terrible job. <laughs> Terrible. And I forgive it because it's just such a fun sociological experiment yeah, thing yeah. they've got going on and the character development. I forgive it, but man, uh, it's like uh, for pistol shooting, for instance. So in The Walking Dead, the pistol shooting, every time somebody picks up a pistol, it's like these perfect headshots. And, yeah. and I'm watching them anticipate the shot. I'm watching them jerk the trigger. I'm watching improper or finger placement. I'm watching improper grips with non-existent platforms. I'm watching them close their eyes when they shoot, and it's all wrong, wrong, wrong. And I would be so shocked if they got within five feet of that zombie. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just terrible, terrible weapon handling and shooting. And it's, then when they it's shoot funny that rifles, you watch The Walking Dead and and say. That would never happen, but for a totally different reason. <laughs> it's not the zombie, it's the shooting. <laughs> a bunch of walking dead. Yeah, I'm fine with that, but he squeezed the trigger the wrong way. <laughs> oh, man. About preparedness, what can the average Joe who has no experience with this sort of thing, what are a few things uh, that they can do 
to kind of get started. Sure. Uh, one thing is I'd want to know kind of what scenarios are you worried about? What are you trying to accomplish? Is it kind of like, hey, in case a hurricane comes through or a tornado earthquake or there's just a few days, you know, you need just a few days, then there's there's something of uh, we got all kinds of I probably got about half a year of food uh, here at my house of so just oh, wow. store food. Uh ready to go and ways to cook it. And I guess I'm more prepared than I let on. Uh, so uh, first off is I, I worry that about the first few days, yeah. uh, you know, if, if, if you couldn't get to a store, if if things were closed and, and you know, uh, typically people just don't have a whole lot in their pantries. They think they do because it's full, but it's all like unedited or unedible stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, having some emergency storage food, stuff with shelf lives of 20-something years, uh, that that's good to go ahead and have a, you know, a week or two of food. You can handle that. Uh, yeah. I highly suggest it. See, the problem is, is when you try to warm up into this and, and you, you really think it is a concern and you want to grow toward a certain direction – by making little tiny steps in the beginning, you end up just kind of wasting stuff where you wish you would have just gone the kind of gone the bigger route at the beginning and it would have saved you a whole lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. That um, makes sense. First point. off is don't go, don't, don't invest all your eggs in, you know, in, in one basket. Uh, you need to diversify stuff. One is let's cover the firearms area. You want a firearm for every person who's of age to shoot in the house. Mm-hmm. Rifles are better than pistols. Uh, so AR platform, M4 platform, that's fantastic. Uh, have pistols and stuff and have lots of ammunition for it. I don't like a, a whole bunch of calibers. I don't want 100 guns in my house. That doesn't do any good. I can only shoot one at a time. I want just a few that all share the same caliber. So I can stockpile just a few calibers, not a whole bunch of calibers. Yeah. Um, uh, then uh, let's see, uh, food. You'll want water. Uh, a lot of times you can get something uh, simple like a bunch of just water jugs. And if you thought you were about to lose water or power, some of them allow you to fill up a bathtub. There's something you can fill up a bathtub yeah, and have yeah. water there. And then you can filter that water. Uh, a lot of people want to bug out. They get in a vehicle and go somewhere. The problem is in bugging out is it's kind of like the grass is always greener. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. you're getting in a, a situation of unless you have some place that's already planned and prepared, remember wherever you're at is probably the place where you have community and the most amount of resources. Yeah. Uh, and it's very dangerous to travel if some of these events actually did befall you. Uh, and so hunkering down – uh, locking doors and you got food and water and and guns uh, if you had some ham radios but that requires a little bit more know-how as well you can't just uh, start doing that uh, uh, and some type of power source a, a generator that's pretty it could be pretty pricey expensive so I guess a lot of uh, candles and propane stoves so that you can cook uh, flashlights with lots of batteries, uh, th- that kind of stuff could at least uh, start getting you in the right direction. No, I- I'm thinking about 
how much that's going to cost. <laughs> <laughs> in, in like a, a like a survival type situ- situation, like if the apocalypse happens, um, how important are booby traps? <laughs> yeah, I'm probably gonna um, skip that one. Uh, most booby- sorry, but most booby traps are illegal. Uh, I mean, sorry, I can't. I can actually. No, no as claymores as a in the house. Expert, a professional in security dealing with this to authorize to give my nod of approval to an illegal booby trap is probably not a good idea. Couldn't you at least have the net that lays out and then the tree? Comes up and pulls the guy. <laughs> to our, bad to guy. our listeners, just watch. Just watch the movie Predator. And you'll, you'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the second Arnold Schwarzenegger reference we had. Tonight. That was that's true. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. We need to have a little funny. bell. Little bell every time he comes up. There's something that's funny and interesting. You mentioned, you know, my love for movies, and then uh, what movies are real. When I was a kid, I watched the movie Predator, and I watched these huge guys, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura, and there was a couple others. And these guys are just massive bodybuilders. And then there were like these three nerdy guys that weighed like (laughs) a buck fifty a piece. I'm like, how did these guys get in there? <laughs> then I grew up, uh, you know, uh, went across the pond a few times, fought some uh, whatever, and did my special operations thing. And I returned and I watched that movie as a man, as a veteran. Uh, and I realized that those nerdy guys were actually probably former special forces guys. Yeah. Uh, that, they were probably the real deal. And these big hulking guys of like special operations guys, average size is about five foot nine, 170 pounds. Yeah. They're little guys. They can jump through a window and clear three three rooms before Arnold can get out of the truck. They're agile. Uh, They're agile. They can kind of go on forever. But those big dudes, just huge rippling muscles, that's a a lot of weight to carry up and down mountains. Well, thank you so much, uh, John, for coming on. Where can people find you if they want to, you know, to train with you or learn more about you, watch your videos? Sure. So if you're a YouTube person, type in my name, John Lovell, or type in Warrior Poet. Um, not hard to find. I'll pop up right away. The channel's growing quick. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for your support with that. Uh, my website's warriorpoetsociety.us. Uh, Instagram, Warrior Poet Society. I'm there as well. Facebook, Warrior Poet Society. Uh, John Lovell. I'm easy to find. If you try to find me, you'll find me. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you don't usually hear, Thanks, a special, uh, <laughs> hear a guy of your caliber say that, I'm easy to find. You're like, you're supposed to be like, I'm a ninja. You'll never find me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm easy to find online. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll bleep out your location when, when, you, when I asked you where you were calling in from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, thank you so much again. And uh, you have a great uh, Fourth of July weekend. Thanks, man. You you guys as well. Thanks. Thank you. This part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving, makers of the most excellent aftershaves, shaving soaps, and all things traditional man. 
One of my favorite products of theirs are their aftershaves. Phoenix shaving intentionally blurs the lines between traditional aftershave and classic cologne. Each batch of aftershave cologne is created by using traditional perfuming methods, giving the wearer a high dose of quality skin food matched by the staying power of berry white. Now, I tell you, this stuff is amazing. It'll it'll make your skin feel great after a shave, and the alum and menthol just removes all irritation and razor bumps. Um, they have classic barber scents and even more creative soap and aftershave fragrances. Like, my favorite is the Tombstone scent. It smells like leather, tobacco, and gunpowder. Pretty unique. So ditch those vials of chemicals you buy at the drugstore every month and grab some artisan soap and aftershaves from Phoenix Shaving. Go to GentlemanScofflaw.com slash shave to help support the show and get some fantastic manly grooming products. Phoenix Shaving. Shaving outside the box. This land is your land and this land is my land. California to the New York Island and the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. All right, uh, that was a great segment again. With uh, not again, but another great segment. I'm just tooting our own horn. We just got great segments another here. Another great segment. By great by the se- <laughs> brought to you by the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast <laughs> with John Lovell, and we are we're going to go to that course. His 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 I shooting would, course. I would love to. That would be, be a lot of fun. My delight. So anyone in the SoCal area that wants to join us, we'll get a group together and uh, go shoot together. Um, but uh, please don't shoot me. Um, yes. All right. We're getting towards the end of the show. Um, and you know what that means. Somebody won something. Somebody won something. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, get a drum roll, guys. I'm just going to throw the burgers on. I'll be your drum roll. And the winner is... Italian Classic Shaver. Italian Classic Shaver, you are getting a Cavendish... Uh, aftershave and cologne Huzzah. courtesy of our friends at Phoenix Shaving and um, that's it for this week guys we're about to uh, grill some burgers here uh, here you go throw that burger on the grill there Donovan alright you guys our Canadians up in the great white north <laughs> have a great Canada day and of course have a great Independence Day weekend John you are a gentleman in scofflaw my friend Happy birthday, America. <laughs> Donovan, you are a gentleman in a scofflaw, my friend. And so are you. Happy 4th of July. And you guys have a great weekend. This has been the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ice on the river, we ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. <laughs>